what's up filmmakers and moviegoers this is zach and this is eric and you're listening to the easy podcast and they should just play this on like i don't know 1 a.m on monday night it's like real smooth jams in the background yeah that was that intro yeah that was our smooth jazz intro <laughs> awesome eric what have you been up to man Oh, wow. Okay. So, like, what have I been watching and listening yeah, to? Yeah. So, Post Malone just dropped a new album. Oh, wow. Uh, like, literally yesterday. Yeah. Um, at midnight. Not midnight last night. But <laughs> Two midnight, midnights midnight ago. Before, yeah. Yeah. And um, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I, I think, it, you know, he set the bar really high f- for himself with beer bongs and Bentleys and... There's a lot of great tracks that came off of that. And, you know, when music first release and you're listening to it, you don't have uh, any emotional frame of reference or, you know, sometimes it's harder to connect at at, at the initial release. Yeah, because you're not really having any moments as you're hearing it for the first time, right. usually. Right. So, um, but I'm going to be completely honest and... It's uh, it's not as good as beer bongs and Bentleys. Is this the second or third? This is his third, and um, there's some tracks that I really want to like that just are kind of average. Just not there for you. There, yeah, and maybe that changes over time. That's happened, but there's a couple that just hit me right out of the gate, and it's the title track. Hollywood is bleeding. And there's another song on there called uh, Goodbyes, which is on Radio Play right now. And, um, you know, considering the recent life events that we've experienced, those two hit me really hard. Sure. Um, So I have immediate emotional attachment to those things right right out of the gate. So um, and they resonate and and the songs are great. I think one of the interesting things is that the probably most surprising of this release um, was a collaboration with Ozzy Osbourne. Oh yeah, this album has a lot of collabs in it, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Okay, yeah. so the Ozzy, which song is that? Um, take what you want. Okay, and I was really hoping it was going to be more a Post Malone song with Ozzy featured. Oh, but it's not. But Ozzy. it sounds more like an Ozzy song with Post featured like they just threw in an extra verse for a post um no because like he's got the 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 courses in it um so the arrangement it's not not that way okay but it just it sounds and feels more like a you know late aussie type of yeah, song yeah a current know? current aussie song yeah if i don't I mean, even, it's I can't cool. even think of one it's but yeah. cool i think th- i think the song itself is it's okay but uh, it's um, it's the novelty of Post Malone with Ozzy Osbourne, which is sure. which is I think the cool part. It's a little bit more of just kind of like the who as opposed to the what, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of like albums, yeah. So uh, one of my, if not the favorite band of mine, mm-hmm. is uh, Tool. Yep. And Tool released a new album for the first time in 13 years. Yeah, 13 years. I've had that thing on loop for, I mean, nonstop. Like, I, it came out, 
the 30th. Right. So it's been a week. It's been a week. Yeah. I've been listening to it a lot. And that's kind of the way that like tool albums are for me. I can't yeah. just like listen to it once and be like, oh, this is cool or whatever. Right. It takes like multiple listens. Yeah. Because layers. there's so many layers. Yeah. Like the, the instrumentation is just insane. And then like the thing with tools, I feel like once you start to kind of anticipate or you recognize certain moments or chords or you know verses if you will and they don't really have verses but um it you start to like kind of connect to it more yeah and so now i'm like oh yeah man this part's about to come up oh yeah this is great and then you're just like really <laughs> vibing with it uh-huh. and it's such a it's such like a vibe album too and what's weird is the digital version has i think I think 12 tracks, maybe 13. Um, but then the physical version only has 10 and the vinyl, the, uh, it's CD right now. It's not on vinyl yet, oh, okay. but it will be, but, um, uh, I'm going to get to the album, the vine or the, uh, the, sorry, the CD version in a second, but it's interesting because they have these, um, you get a digital download with the CD version, but the digital version, like it has these other like in between tracks that they always kind of do. They're mm-hmm. always kind of weird and out there and yep. pretty much like world music. Most of the time, you know, yeah. it's not, it's not like a, a hard rock genre to them. Usually they're kind of out there, but um, listening to it on the CD, you don't get those tracks and it's like a totally different experience mm. going from one, like what I'm going to refer to in air quotes is like an actual song to another actual song as opposed to having this like actual song break with this weird instrumental track and then going back into another actual song like the experience that you have with one is totally different than the other right and i i don't know which one i like more right now but i feel like even though it's like an hour and a half like the album is an hour and a half long the 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 digital version with the extra tracks it's it feels so brisk. It's really weird. Yeah. And it's not because like the tracks are really fast or anything. Like some of them, like one of them tracks is 15 minutes long. Wow. Which is very standard for like, like they rarely do a song under eight minutes. Yeah. Um, so each one of these is just like an experience that you go through while that's the word that hits me with that. When you describe that is, is that the digital version is more experiential. Like you're experiencing the, the music as opposed to you're just listening. Right. And I think that was, I mean, that's gotta be intentional. Like these guys are so intentional with everything they do. Yeah. So they're like, well, if you're throwing the CD in, you're probably doing it in your car and you're just, you know, going along. You don't necessarily need or are paying the full attention that you should be to the extra tracks and stuff. So we're just going to omit them from the, the physical version. And so I think it's actually, it's just weird to think of like music I don't know, kind of having, I guess it's not weird to think of, but like having those experiences with music. Yeah. Well, is, and, and Maynard's known for that. I mean, he, his approach is even the live shows, yeah. his approach is way different than any other band that I've seen. Yeah. Um, like he's not a fan of being front and center. Yes. Yeah. He's not yeah. a fan of all of the fandom, which is, yeah. You know, it's it, it's kind of the opposite it, of celebrityism in a yeah, lot of ways. Yeah. I mean, he has two other bands as well, yeah. but yeah, it's always been so interesting this band. They just 
it feels like they just like playing. They just they, like absolutely. making music. Absolutely. And they, they're like, we don't care if anybody likes it or not. We don't. It, but everybody does. Yeah. And I mean, it was funny because the first time I experienced Tool was at uh, a festival in California. Um, and I don't even think this festival happens anymore. Um, and I'm spacing on the name. It's It's escaping me. It was something about like. It had some kind of earthquake, like epicenter or something like that, epicenter yeah, yeah, festival okay. or whatever. And they they were they were the headlining band, and I was doing a lot of concert photography at the time, and that's why I was at this festival. I was doing was covering the event, and I couldn't get any shots because he's complete. He yeah. he's not. There isn't any stage lighting. Yeah, and he liked to hang out towards. You the know, back up, of up, the stage, yeah, yeah. yeah back um, uh, uh, upstage instead right. of downstage, and yeah. so it was like uh, I, I'm supposed to deliver images, and I can't get squat because he, there's you know there's nothing here. Yeah, I need like, a picture oh. of Maynard singing live. Oh, we can't. I mean, I enjoyed it. Yeah. It was great because I'm you know I'm I got to experience tool front and center in the photo pit. And yeah, I mean, then the show was. Uh, just amazing but this was you know we're talking 90 oh no let's see it was 2000 yeah probably 2005 2006 somewhere yeah. in there so yeah but trippy yeah that that's yeah. that's the way to describe <laughs> their shows is trippy uh yeah very heavy on the visuals the last time i saw them was in 2006 when they did their uh, 10,000 days tour and yeah uh yeah i'm going again in october to see them they're coming here oh uh so i already got my tickets for that, that, that so is it um, is they that, went by are, fast are, you didn't have a chance are we are you, are you inviting me is no this is awkward yeah sorry hmm. buddy uh, yeah i'm gonna go see them in october and uh it's gonna be awesome it's probably gonna be the last time i see them just because i don't see these guys probably doing another album unless they yeah. get together and they're like hey, and that if, was any, a lot of fun. if anybody else has an extra ticket i'll be happy to join them mm. to go see that show yeah, maybe you can start a podcast with them yes <laughs> anyways <laughs> that's enough about music on a film podcast <laughs> so you guys thought we were friends yeah. well so that's enough about music on a film podcast hey we, music is a big part of film it is a huge part of film yes but let's talk about film or TV or whatever. What have you been watching? Um, what have I been watching? Uh, okay, Mindhunter. Did you get in on Mindhunter? By osmosis. Oh, the daughter. That's not a way to watch Mindhunter. I, it's not. I need to go. I, yeah, you got to go was, back. I was immediately hooked. I was yep. like, oh, oh, snap. Like, yeah. This is, oh, yeah. Is she watching the first season? I I, hope I don't. So. I guess it doesn't. I don't know. There were some it, scenes that she had to fast forward through. Prob. I don't know if she would have fast forward through them if I wasn't in the room, but she fast forward through it. Um, Mindhunter looks really good. Just the 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 color, yeah, and the yeah. way it was shot looks good, and I was immediately hooked because of that. And then just the 
the storyline, I was like, I was like, oh, yeah, it's oh. it's a pretty engrossing, yeah. just like characters and mm-hmm. mood mm-hmm. and tone and everything. It's just yeah. uh, the way it's the pacing, everything. It's it's really great. So yeah. you need to go back, watch it properly. I will. Uh, it's on my. It's on my. I'm I'm my currently list. working through the second season still. It's hard yeah. to find like a whole hour to watch something, yeah. you know, in between stuff. But I, I'm still. Uh, I'm wrapping up. Dope. Yeah, the, the, yeah. The three season, four episode per season cartel documentary. It's do- yeah, it's kind of a docudrama ish, yeah. but just mind blowing on that whole thing. Um, finishing that. Um, uh, what have I been watching? Yes. What so have you been watching? I had uh, I had my my mom and her husband come into town for a week. Yeah. Cool. And. What do you do when, you know, family comes into town? You watch things on Netflix you typically wouldn't because there's different taste. Sure, yeah. No, there's anything wrong with that. No. You actually find some really interesting things. Yeah. So, uh, he, you know, I love cars, but I don't typically search out car shows on Netflix or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So you were talking about Fastest Car. Yes. So we blew through that season. Yeah. Uh, it was That's pretty, a fun one. It was pretty good. It was yeah. a, it was an entertaining, if not straightforward Show. Some of the episodes drag. I I will say that some of the backstories lag. I will yeah. say that. But um, if you enjoy just automotive, um, yeah. the process of building sleepers in yeah. So for me, I have quite a bit of history with automobiles and um, and racing and that type of thing. And one of the things that really uh, intrigues me is is building a sleeper and if you don't know what a sleeper is a sleeper is basically a very unassuming looking car that can check in uh, you know under a 10 second quarter mile the porsche the vet the supercar into the smackdown hotel like you're like wait what (laughs) yeah a station um, wagon, like yeah, minivan. Usually, and sometimes. so let me let me share a quick experience in high school. So I'm hanging out with my my good friend who has the V8 um, Camaro, and we're you know we're we're you know we're big and bad. And another underclass, like we were juniors or seniors, and um, we're sitting at the stoplight, and here rolls up this sophomore. In this Pinto. No. 1972 Pinto with a Mustang 5.0 emblem on the side. And we start rolling. We're like, dude, you're hilarious. We're sitting in this, the V8 and he's rolling up in the... Dude, we, I mean, we're like... Yeah. And, and he says, this friend of ours, this underclassman says to us, you want to go? And then we start laughing even harder. Sure. The light turns green and he vanishes. <laughs> he legit had a 5.08 cylinder transplant in the Pinto. And all I saw was like the 10 inch wide back tires. Yeah. <laughs> that was all I saw. And we just sat there like the lights are green and yeah. people are honking at us. Cause we just sat there in amazement and his car weighs half as much we, as your Camaro. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and we caught up to him later at the McDonald's and, and he's just grinning ear to ear. And we're just like, <laughs> 
what just happened? That's amazing. Yeah. That is was, amazing. It it was funny, entertaining, and embarrassing all at the same time. Sure. Yeah. As as it should be, as yeah. any sleeper moment should yeah. be. So you I've know. been intrigued by the sleeper idea ever since. Yeah. So I, I went down this rabbit hole of car shows. Yeah, so you did. Fastest Car was the first one. And then we got into this uh, Rust Valley Restorers, which is this guy in Canada that owns quite a few acres of land mm-hmm. but then he also has like i think it's like 1500 cars like on the land too mm. and they're all like cars that you would rebuild and sell for quite a bit of money so they're all old vintage cars 60s and yeah and some 30s and stuff like that wow, you know that's so cool. yeah so he's he's like well you know i'm running out of money and i don't want to leave all this stuff for my kids to deal with and you know that's the storyline you get at least mm-hmm. and so he starts. They start rebuilding these cars, restoring them, mm-hmm. and he's all about like restoring these to the factory look and and everything wow. like brakes and mm-hmm. handling. And so it, yeah. I, these are terrible. Which nobody wants that anymore. They want the old look of the car, but with Bluetooth and power steering yeah, and yeah. everything. You know. Um, <laughs> so these resto mods, they're not doing them. And his son is like, "You're gonna, you would make twice as much, three times as much money on these if you would do just do that." Mm-hmm. You know, putting an LS one or whatever right, yeah. in this instead of the yeah. factory like small block three twenty seven or whatever. But he just he won't budge on it. And so then like it progresses and progresses, and like they're losing money, and then they're dealing with the weather because it's Canada and it's like getting right. cold and the snow and and there's some really cool cars that they go through and they and they do a really good job of restoring like they're not nice. bad at it yeah um but it's just kind of wacky and weird and it's it's kind of a turn, turn your brain off it, yeah and <laughs> one of his mechanic guys is really loud and kind of obnoxious which is whatever but uh yeah i mean that was that was all right to watch i didn't i wonder uh, if they took some notes from orange county choppers maybe it kind <laughs> it does have that vibe right because you got to create drama yeah there's not really drama in restoring a car uh, no i mean and that's cool and you'll have some car nerds totally yeah. into that for a minute. It's but funny, though, because you bring up they're not being drama. That brings me to the next show that we watched, which was Car Masters, mm-hmm. Rust to Riches, which was this guy that's based in, uh, I think he's in California. And he used to build, um, like, movie prop cars. Mm-hmm. So he's done a lot of different stuff. Well, what they do is they buy kind of this, like, cheaper car restore it make you know 30 grand off of it um but instead of selling it they trade it for another car that's worth that 30 grand but it needs fifteen thousand dollars worth of work and then they restore they they build that up and then they take that and they trade that car for another car that's worth 80 to a hundred thousand oh, dollars wow. and then they sell that car at a hundred or hundred and fifty thousand dollars and it's actually pretty cool. There is, there's almost like no drama at all in this show, which is weird. It's, it's almost like you're just in the garage with these people building these cars. Yeah. And it's pretty cool. And it ends up getting to the point where they get, they get their six figure car in the last couple episodes. And the car that it ends up being is really cool. It's crazy. I won't spoil it. Cause I think it's actually worth a watch. Yeah, for sure. So car masters, go check that one out. And then we watched hyperdrive hyperdrive. Yeah. So I, I've I've almost clicked on that yeah a, n- a number of times. It's a I quick was like, watch. The trailer looks cool, and 
you remember those obstacle courses you built for your Hot Wheels when yes. you were a kid? Yes. That's basically this show. But with real cars. But with real cars, real, real people. people. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I mean, real danger, I guess right. you could yeah. say. Um, I mean, yeah, at one point, like, somebody's windshield gets totally smashed in and glass all over her and stuff. And, like, it's, I mean, it's legit. Like, yeah. there's some stuff happening. Yeah. But it was amazing to watch these guys, like, and they're from all over the world, different drivers and different car car and styles. Backgrounds and backgrounds, too, right? Not all yeah. of them are, like, professional drivers. No, they all are. They all are. So oh, Hyperdrive okay. is all professional drivers, gotcha. whereas Fastest Car wasn't necessarily. Yeah. But, um, yeah, th this show is, I feel like if they get another season they'll probably be able to up it a little bit. It just needed a little bit of something extra. So it's I'm like not, American Ninja Warrior, but for yes, cars. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Jeff, if you're listening, yeah. uh, get in on the story aspect of, of yeah. hyperdrive. But right. uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy because it's like, you're kind, you kind of can't look away from it. You're like, play the next episode. Like I want to, <laughs> I just want to see how this Lamborghini does on this track right. now, yeah. as opposed to this, uh, this AE 86 Toyota Camry or whatever, you know, yes. from, from the eighties and every car does it differently. And every driver has a different way to go on about it. And yeah. I, man, I, it was, it was really fun to watch and it's, it's kind of like, I don't know. You're like, you're really, you are rooting for people. Now I understand like, why there is such a huge following for like American Ninja Warrior and stuff. Right. Like, Cause you would like, I didn't know these anybody at the beginning. And then right. now I'm just like, Oh, this is yeah. Come all oh, balance the bridge, balance the bridge, which yeah. if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking yeah. about, but I've seen the trailer yeah. with the bridge. Yeah. So yeah. It really kinda... cool. Um, really great ideas that I feel like a little bit more budget or a little bit more time could be fleshed out a lot more. Yeah. Um, and then really bring it into like just the next level Right. of what that could look like. But yeah. so you bring up, you know, it's funny you mentioned the A86 and that's a big, um, <clears throat> the eight, six is a big car in the drift scene. Um, which reminded me of initial D yeah, which I actually went back and rewatched some of the initial D episodes. Now that the, oh, ep the, the episodes themselves and the animation outside of the car aspect and the racing aspect, is really subpar because the, the it was 92, 93. It was in the anime. They didn't spend a lot of money on that aspect of it, but the car animation looks amazing. Yeah. And the racing animation looks amazing. Yeah. I remember um, you were talking about this. I haven't, I don't think I've ever watched. I this. have the whole series. Oh, do the you? Whole, all the whole DVD set. So I'll be happy to share okay, it with Cause you. I've seen the movie. Yeah. Um, the, they did an animated one. And right, then I think yeah. they did a live action one that I think I had like FBI. If you're listening, turn it off. But I had like a, uh, <laughs> a digital version, if you will. Oh, it was, hmm. but this was like 2004. Yeah, hint, hint, hint digital. Wink, wink. It was a digital download. Yeah. I don't know. That's common, right? Yeah. yeah 2004. Uh, <laughs> but it was, it was Jap uh, Japanese, obviously. Right. With English yeah. hard coded subtitles. subtitles. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I remember my buddies and I like all gathered around the computer monitor watching it. And it was like probably not even 480. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, you know, yeah terrible yeah. quality. Yeah, but the resolution we were so is low, into it. Yeah. We were so you into have initial to be, D. Yeah. You have to be committed and you have to know that going into it and yeah. going, okay. I can get past uh, this. Yeah. Another anime thing that I was, I, I dove into because, you know, I've been diving all into all this stuff that Jacob watched in um, One Punch Man. Okay. <laughs> 
All right. I don't I don't know a lot about One Punch Man. Except that it is a never-ending story, right? Like, it's a- been going for a long, long yes, time. Yeah, it's... Um, and I got sucked into it. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it was... It's it's intriguing, and it's fun to watch. Yeah. There's... I mean, the, the story... It's not like a, you're not going to get sucked into this the story. Yeah. Though you do. Um it's just kind of like, oh, how's he going to hit? Well, of course, it's going to be one punch. Yeah, it's one punch. <laughs> just just <laughs> building up to that one punch moment. Which I think what's interesting about it that intrigued me was the emotion behind it. Okay. Like, okay, this is anime. Does and he it's not like really this, like doing it? Like, he feels kind of... No, it's so funny because he... Um, and I'm only into the first, I don't know, five or six episodes. <laughs> yeah. and um, And he's fought a whole bunch of different types of things. But, like... He he, basically wants to grow up to be this hero, and he becomes this hero, and um, but it's kind of like he's ho hum about it because there isn't really any challenge. He, yeah, it's like because he's one punch man. Yeah, <laughs> and so it's like he, it's one and done. Yeah, and he's like oh. Like that's not exciting, <laughs> you know. It's so not, does every episode kind of end like that, where you're just like, eh, well, "How's that?" Yeah. Mm. Not well, not exactly, oh, but okay. but that's kind of the general idea, and it's it's there's, um, yeah, it's fun. It's I I'm enjoying it. It's fun. That's pretty funny. <laughs> uh, it, it's something that there's there's so many episodes of it now though that I don't know if I could even get into it. But watch two or three, and you're good. Okay. You wouldn't have to watch the whole thing, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'd get the point. Yeah, after two yep. or three, okay, perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think that that's about all that we've watched, except what you made me watch this week. Okay, yeah, I I made you go see this. I didn't make you see the first one. Though. No, but somebody else did. Yeah, and that was Jacob and Sydney, my son and my daughter, and um, they conspired together. To drag me to go see it, and I'm like, "Yeah, get it. I want uh-huh, to go see uh-huh, it." Yeah, yeah. very <laughs> funny. You and every other article written about this, and movie. I was like, "No, no." I'm like, "Are you?" Ugh. We and we wouldn't let Emma didn't. She does. She's not a big movie. I I did it. I did something wrong with her. <laughs> like well, I didn't raise her properly. There's always one. She's, yeah, she's not a movie. Like she'll watch stuff. Just doesn't care. She watched stuff at home. Movies like mm, she doesn't doesn't want to do it. Hates going to the theater. I don't know what it is. I just we're that, gonna we're gonna unpack that. We're gonna we're gonna get her on the podcast. Bad, bad, bad parenting. We're gonna get her on the podcast. And I, ask yes, her straight that up. That would be great. Where did your father go wrong? Exactly. <laughs> and but so I banned Judy from seeing it because <laughs> oh, I didn't right. want to suffer. The, the, you know, the waking up. Yeah, I'm like no. Yeah. And I really didn't want to go see it, and but I'm like, okay, they, you know, they convinced me, and and then because it released like about the same time of year, and yeah. so a month goes by, and we're like, my my, she was uh, ten at the time, and she said, let's go to the grocery store, order a bunch of red balloons, and go tie them in, uh, around the whole city. Wow! And. <laughs> on the, and you're in Austin at this point? Yeah, we're yeah. in Austin. She goes, and let's go time around the city on all the drainage ditches. And I was like, 
I'm tempted to do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, that's actually a really good idea. That would be really fun. Yeah. Cause you know, it would get picked up oh, by the news. For sure. The news would totally pick that up yeah. and be like, okay. Serial balloonist <laughs> leaving red balloons at every water drain. Yeah. Um, and that one was, yeah. You don't like horror movies. I don't. I don't. I'm not a fan of, and we've had this discussion yeah, before. Yeah, because we saw Halloween in 2018. Um, yeah. I just don't like, I don't need any dark stuff psychologically swimming around in my head i just don't sure I did. i'm like i don't want to do in, it in me i love it <laughs> yeah you yeah, do I, I yeah you do i i grew up <laughs> watching terrible and i mean terrible and like they were dumb horror movies yeah but apparently you locked on ah, yeah <laughs> i stayed with it um but now these though like I'm Halloween, questioning your parents well <laughs> hey that's understandable that's understandable I, a lot of, i watched a lot of space balls and you know yeah. mel brooks and in yeah. friday the 13th and yeah. yeah granted i will say this they were on amc they were edited so i didn't you know it wasn't until i was older that i saw like everything still or whatever all right all right still debatable <laughs> but this though this and then uh halloween 2018 it's kind of this sh i mean you could throw you could throw in like the witch and hereditary and probably midsummer but i never saw it um, as these kind of like these modern horror movies that are like of a different kind of quality and caliber okay all right so i'm sitting there in the theater and this is a this is a side quest here, real quick. And there's ten trailers. Yeah, ten. Yeah, I counted them. Yep. Did you count how many had a sad violin being plucked in the background of the trailer? Uh, no, but I should have. Yeah, because there was three. Okay, dark. dark okay, fate. now now they're not all horror movies per se. They're not yeah. all going to get categorized in the horror genre. However dark sinister films of the 10 <laughs> yeah. one two three four uh, terminator dark fate yeah, i mean go. terminator was a horror movie the first one i'm gonna give that one a pass because it's more sci-fi so i'm gonna i'm gonna give it a pass even though it's dark and violent um so one two three four five six seven seven of the ten trailers of the movies that are coming soon are these dark psychological there's something wrong with this world <laughs> that's where you're going with this <laughs> I thought you were going to ask why was there so many horror trailers in front of this horror movie that I was seeing? Well, no, they that's cater, obvious. Yeah, because they cater that's those. That's obvious, obviously. but okay. it's like, wait. You're saying that there's seven of the ten were the same movie, basically. No, it's just seven of the ten are like there's... I don't know. It's always been there, man. It, 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 horror movies have always been there. That, that's true and more i would but say not, more but, out of anything horror movies are representative the, of like the culture that's going on right now because they're they can easily be used as a metaphor well okay you bring up a really great point we had a little tiff on 
Twitter this week over oh okay yeah <laughs> over a, I mean and and it looks psychologically horror ish yeah even though it's a it's a comic film and for, yeah for those that aren't aware of what dark, he's hinting at we're talking about the new Walking Phoenix Joker which looks awesome okay and now I'm going to also expose my ignorance. Because apparently there's this whole culture of dark stuff happening that I'm completely unaware of. And, and so that was the basis of our, our, our Twitter feud. Yeah. Okay. Let me, first of all, you can go on Twitter and see some of it. Well, I did delete we it. Did get, I, yeah. You said, I, what? I, I texted you and I was <laughs> like, please like, delete this. Dude, what is going on? And then I'm looking, I'm like looking at my phone going, what is happening right now? Yeah. Um, okay. So. Feel free to expose my ignorance well, too, because I, 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 I literally did not know. I, I think this is fine. It, it's there is a lot of people that are ignorant to it, and understandably so. It is an internet culture thing. It's if you're not in that or around that, like I'm on Reddit. That's the only reason I know about all of this stuff. Okay, so it's I don't not like I'm going a lot of time on Reddit. No, it's not like I'm going yeah. searching for it or anything. But yeah. it comes up on Reddit, so I know about these subcultures. And I listen to a few other podcasts that talk about, you know, society and cultures and stuff like that. I think it's important to shine some light on. Well, yeah, okay. Because, I, I, you know, I was, like, I literally, I turned to my wife and I was like, do you know what incel? Like, I forget exactly what the term you used. And, I, and, and she was like, yeah. Are you kidding? You don't know? And I was like. And and yeah. then I and then I gave her the shifty eye and I go, do you really know what I'm talking about? <laughs> and she was like, like like yeah, terrorists. And I'm like, no, you don't know what I'm talking yeah, about. Okay, and okay. so she she right. like she really didn't have any clue. And it was like, hey, I think it's important. I, it was impo- I was grateful to have that conversation and that adversity because I learned something. Yeah. And I'm like, I think it's important to know because it's. Not that we have to tiptoe around and 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 walk on eggshells around everybody and everything, but I think it's good to understand these different subcultures so that we're aware. Yeah, and, and you're also we, not it, shining light on them when they don't need to be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So Cliff Notes version. Um, Eric and I, I I posted something to the Easy Podcast Twitter about the Joker movie um, because the. The Joker movie premiered at the Venice Festival and it just brought on this huge like wave of reviews from all these critics calling it just like, you know, the best comic book movie ever. It changes the whole genre. It, right, I've know, heard these. There's, there's, there's going to be before the Joker and after the Joker and no movies are going to be the same after it and blah, blah, blah and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh my gosh, please no. Like, because that's, that's what happens when a movie comes along and then a thousand other movies copy it. Right. And they do it wrong. Right. And then they highlight the things that, the, you know, producers highlight things in a movie that they think is what people liked about it. Sure. And now and you've got, it. yeah. And yeah. now you've and got they, ammunition going to the wrong crowd. Right. And superhero movies. I mean, you want to talk about yeah. probably the biggest culprit of that. And it's that particular genre. Yeah. So, right. So Dark Knight comes along now. Every DC movie after that was dark and gritty and realistic. And, you know, that's no one's fault, but the 
production companies, really, right, just yeah. putting their finger and saying this is what it needs to be. But Joker movie comes out, premieres at Venice. Uh, I start seeing a lot of tweets. I start seeing a lot of things being uh, commented, like retweeted with comments, like comment replies. And it's just like, are you st- like serious? Like people on forums now start talking about stuff in and praising these are these are not reviewers praising this but these are now air quote fans of the joker of dc and of this sort of incel movement that i'm going to get into briefly i don't want to i don't want to go crazy with it but uh yeah the joker uh has been kind of this internet meme internet icon for a group of individuals um that think that like society has wronged them and And owes them and owes them something right and that everything that's wrong in their lives is because society has made it that way for them Mm. and so because the joker represents kind of this anarchy chaosness Mm -hmm. in the comic books and movies they've latched on to that visual similar to like anonymous latched onto the guy Fox V for vendetta mask and and stuff like that. So he's become this kind of internet icon. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, it, I I will admit like there is another side of it where people are just straight up making fun of it. Like where people are memeing it in an ironic way, um, towards those people that are taking it like in a serious way. Um, so it's kind of, it might be losing its power if you will. Right. We'll see though. Um, Sometimes because that out of fuels ma- it. Well, though, that's the thing yeah. is because out of making fun of people, sometimes that just reinforces their ideology. Exactly. Um, so yeah. with the Joker thing, it sounds like a lot of people, What I basically what I tweeted was that I'm afraid that people are going to take thematic elements away from the Joker movie that were not intended sure. by the Joker movie. Now, I'm not yeah. going to blame the Joker movie for this. Like if somebody walks out, of a movie and says, yeah, that's how I need to be. That's how society's making me. Then that's on them. Like there's something right now. It's not the intention. I mean, and, you, and, and it's not just the Joker movie though. That's kind of, you know, it, right. That, that's the, that's the, the big fall release that everybody's anticipating. And that character being that kind of, like you mentioned, iconic that, you know, hero in in or anti-hero yeah. in, in sorts that um but i didn't even know this that this group existed like yeah. i and and forgive my ignorance um and i and and so i you know and i posted just so that you guys know kind of you're not going to see the post because it's deleted but and i posted something like should I be concerned that you know on who you're following because i i really honestly was like yeah Wow, you're. I mean, you you took a very serious approach because you understood, and you're like, "Hey, your your comments." Yes, actually I, I texted you funny. pretty quick. Yeah, and, I was like, and hey, so man, I was yeah. like, "Whoa!" Um, but I'm I'm grateful. Like I said, I'm grateful because man, now I can be sensitive to that and not add more fuel to that fire. Yeah, and not propagate that kind of that kind of attitude because. Um, man, we do live, you know, and I make fun of there's seven dark, um, you know, horrific elements of, um, 
I'm going to, I'm trying to choose my words carefully. Um, And it seems like in some areas glorifying evil. Yeah. Okay. So um, I'm not about propagating that. But it seems like there's a lot of that. Now we're coming into that time of year. Right. We're coming into Halloween and and that type of thing. And really, if I want to be completely transparent, that is my resistance to that genre. Um, The glorification of violence and evil. Okay, sure. And and now (laughs) it's, uh, and I chuckle because I don't have a strong conviction against violence in in films and and that type of thing um we live in a violent world it's it's a um it's an illustration of of what what we really deal with and so you know and i enjoyed john wick which is probably one of the most violent movies that i've seen in a long time yeah um and so as well as you know um once upon a time in Hollywood, sure. you, know, you get the Tarantino violence and it's just over the top. Um, and he finds this unique way of making it funny. Yeah. Hum- yeah and, humorous. And, right. And it, and really violence in itself is not funny. No, it's not. It's not funny when we're, you know, when somebody goes into Walmart or a school and they, you know, and they're shooting it no. up that there's, and that's what I, absolutely i'm not a fan of i'm absolutely not wanting to propagate that and um and so when you when you when you responded i was like what i was like wait i'm like what just happened because i'm all lighthearted, laying there with my wife (laughs) and we're chit-chatting and 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 i'm like making you know the snide comment and yes it was out on the on the interwebs with, yeah, <laughs> with everyone in to Twitter see, sure. and, and then you're like, Hey, uh, and I appreciated it. I appreciated just becoming aware so that I can be more sensitive in that space. Um, because yeah, you know, I want to, I want to encourage, I want to be able to go, Hey, I understand the hurt that you're, you're, you're feeling. Um, how can I come alongside you and help? and encourage you and sure. build you up yeah. instead of tear you down or make you feel worse or fill in the blank. Yeah. Um, and I'm, and, and even since this whole thing with, with, with Jacob and this outpouring that we've been seeing of all his fans, a lot of these kids that, that we're connecting with, um, that, they struggle with depression and anxiety and, and they're not finding any source of encouragement and, and they're not getting, they're not. And, and so we're like, wow, this is a bigger problem than we are even really acknowledging or aware of. Yeah. I mean, the mental health is, oh man, what, what a topic to. Yeah. This podcast has gone a completely different direction. Yeah. <laughs> I, I so think maybe that's, that's another episode. No, I, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't mind touching on it for a second because i think if anything mental health is something that is so it's so swept under the rug it is and there's a stigma yeah and and general society is is ignoring it and pushing it aside and sweeping it under the carpet and not dealing 
with the root of the issue. Yeah. And and earlier I said, you know, if they interpret a movie a certain way, there's something wrong with them. I that was a poor choice of words saying wrong. Just something is it's a, it yeah un, I, un, unwell, un, unhealthy fair with enough. your yeah, yeah I don't, your mental state. You know, I think it's not a poor choice of words if you understand the context. I think the proper. I think you. I think your intent is in in the right space. I I I I would say that. Um, uh, people need to be careful, um, and there, there, there are those that struggle with different mental health perspectives and 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 aren't getting the help that they need, and left to their own devices are making some wrong conclusions. Yeah, yeah, and and um, and it's unfortunate and sad and um. You know, I wish more people could be sensitive to that. And again, that's that's why I'm grateful. I, I'm grateful for the the adversity in this moment because it sensitized me to this issue that I was completely unaware of. Yeah. Um, and I and I think there's there needs to be more of that. We need to have more adversity, not adversity in a sense of combative yeah, and divisive yeah, yeah. but adversity in the sense of hey let's be humble enough to recognize their stuff i mean you know we we joke about my age and i've been around a while <laughs> right, and, right. and i've seen a lot of things that doesn't mean i know everything yeah, yeah. It, and and i and i have to rem- remember that and, and 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 go hey i need to learn stuff and i can learn a lot of stuff it was funny because we had um, an intern walking through the office this week and, um, you know, he, he was, uh, he's a musician and he plays bass. And so I got up and I gave him a hug and I'm like, bass players unite, you know, cause <laughs> yeah, I right. play bass. And so, um, and he said immediately, and I don't know if it was cause of the gray hair on my face, but he was like, man, I really need to learn some stuff from you. And and I immediately turned around to him in all seriousness and said, and there's, and I quite possibly need to learn some stuff from you. And he was probably 18 or 19. Right. And I was serious. And I think he was taken back by that a little bit. And, um, you know, I mean, I think having that humble approach keeps, keeps us, keeps that adversity healthy. Yeah. Um, yeah, never stop learning. Never stop right. being open yeah. to. Yeah. Because I, I hit you hard with the text. <clears throat> you did, and but, I was like, whoa. <laughs> but that was because like, you know, we don't we don't ever talk like that to each other. We don't. But yeah. this was such a topic that I was like, I need I need you to understand right. quickly. Yeah. How serious this is. Like so quick that you need to delete that. And yeah. You need to understand why. Yeah. And um. So yeah, I mean, I, I went at you with a pretty stern text voice, but. The thing that yeah, like can you can you say the t- I like I, I don't think I could you know that's a problem with text and yeah. emails you can't read tone yeah but you but know. the tone came across pretty strong <laughs> yeah <laughs> you knew you read that and you were like oh damn <laughs> <laughs> yeah my wife's like what did you say I'm like I don't know yeah. I was just I'm like right right just concerned about who he was following I don't yeah. know <laughs> yeah. No, but I think the the big thing here yeah. is like you didn't hit me back with yeah whatever man like it's just a, it was just a joke whatever right like deal with it or something like that you know yeah. I, I think it's being 
like you said, humble, being open to learning new things, understanding new things, because the world is, there's tons of stuff I don't understand that's going on, you know, and and I'm on the internet all the time, but there's still, there's so much going on out there. And even just within our own small bubbles and communities, there's things that, you know, we don't know. So just being open, being, uh, you know, accepting of different things and understandings exactly exactly and not being so just stubborn and and Mm -hmm. and pig-headed um with things and that that allows you to to change and become a better person i think Uh, so absolutely and again i'm grateful i'm grateful for for just your um your urgency in the adversity and and i'm grateful to be able to learn something because i think Oh, okay. Going forward, I'm I'm gonna have to just be more sensitive about, um, you know, about that new thing that I just became aware of. Sure, and I'm sure when we see the Joker, we'll talk more about it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, a little um, bit because we haven't seen it yet, so you know it's hard to say. Um, my my initial reaction is kind of like, well, the the reason the Joker works as a villain. And you kind of, you kind of, you, you know, you, you kind of like him in the sense of like, he's just a good, he's a well-written character. Right. Um, is because you have Batman to root for, but without Batman, like who, what are we doing in the Joker movie? Like, who are we actually rooting for? Who is the protagonist? Even if he's the anti-hero, because even, even as much as I don't like the, the Venom movie, Eddie Brock, you know, John Hardy, John Hardy, Tom Hardy's character, he's struggling with it. Right. You know, there is yeah. this, there is this, this conflict, conflict, right? Yeah. Whereas so far the vibe that I've gotten is just, he snaps and goes, yeah. you know, in, in the Joker. So yeah, and it's we'll hard, see. it's hard to tell just yeah. from the trailer. So but, maybe there is an element yeah. of an actual good versus evil that you can root for and you do understand. Well, and we'll the see. internal turmoil of the things that yeah. we're dealing with, which is very, which is very human and it plays right into this subject and um so it's going to be interesting and we're going to do our best to um you know we're going to do our best to really dive into that sensitively and obviously the film like for me i'm like oh i don't know ever since heath ledger i'm like that you can't see what everybody he, thought that with Heath went after you know jack nicholson there was like oh jack nicholson yeah, did but, it you know. but he approached it differently yeah and he put his own, and it was like unbelievably next level. Yeah. And I got nothing against Jared Leto, and Jared Leto kind of kind of put his own spin on it, you know, f- um, for Suicide Squad, um, which I thought was interesting. It's, did, it's actually funny. I totally you, forgot that he was the Joker until just but, now. But um, the interesting part, getting back to it, was... Um, uh oh gosh what's the girl's name from suicide squad harley quinn harley quinn yeah super short trailer i'm so done with clowns yeah i was like that was well placed well because the the, it was well and i because i see the dc logo coming up yeah because i'm thinking the trailers are done right the trailers are done and they're it looks like they're rolling into the film yeah and then dc pops up you know, behind the balloons. And I was like, wait, I'm like, it's not a DC film. Like, wait, what is <laughs> yeah. happening right yeah. now? 
and the balloon pops and it's Harley Quinn and she's like, I'm so done with clowns. I was like, I was actually well done. Yeah, so I guess that's their <laughs> their way of getting rid They're, of Jared Leto's Joker is just yeah. not having him and do a Har- Harley Quinn. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not super excited to see that. I'll see it, but not whatever. excited. Not not excited. I just was Cle- uh, clever I, idea. Yeah, clever. I was like nicely done. Yeah. Um, well, let's get back to the angry clown after what we just right, talked yeah. about. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, it chapter two. Yeah. Directed by Andy Mush- uh, Muschietti, I believe. Uh-huh. Or it's Machete. I'm not sure. Um, you're just, what did you, you, real quick. What did you think of the first one as a, as a film? The first one creeped me the hell out. Okay. okay? I'm right. just going to say that. Like, I'm like, appreciate your honesty. <laughs> Again, not a fan of like the oh yeah, dude. So it's no. been since 2017 when you saw it, right? Right. Okay, we watched it. Uh, my wife and I we watched it right before we went into chapter two. Oh, did you know? Just yeah, we had no problem, no problem at all. Yeah, you know? I know. Just brush my shoulder off here real quick. <laughs> um, yeah. But it was nice to watch. I don't think it's necessary to have just watched the first one. Like you can no. kind of pick it up. You it's remember stand, it could totally work as a yeah. There's yeah. enough um, story it, development, character development. Yeah. yeah, and it is a long movie, which we'll get into in a second. But dude, yeah. But I want to. I want to. I do want to talk about that um, when we get into it. There, there. I feel like there's a reason. But anyways, coming from chapter one to chapter two, you don't. You don't really miss anything if you didn't just watch chapter one. Right. The one thing that I really liked about just watching chapter one was that I got a sense of like being reminded of kind of like the pacing and the yeah. editing style yeah. of the first one. So then going into the second one, I was like, okay, this feels very con- cohesive, cohesive, yeah. like as a whole with mm-hmm. both of them together. Yeah. Um, and speaking on that, there's actually been a little bit of a rumor of a like m- melded cut that'll be a little different where yeah. it goes maybe a little bit more along the lines of the book. Okay. So I read the book, um, Stephen King's it, it was a cocaine fever dream in the eighties when he wrote it. So it was a it's what? weird. It was a what? A cocaine fever dream. That's he was way, way high when he wrote it. Wow. Yeah. So, and he's at, he's, you know, talked about it and, and, and admitted that on his own and okay uh yeah so there's some really weird stuff in the book that is not in the movie Mm -hmm. um either movie and uh, for the best like there's a few things where it's like what were you thinking when you wrote that like obviously you weren't and um but for chapter two this cast i thought i would miss the kids a lot and be like this isn't working as well you don't really miss the kids at all. Now, granted, well, there are flashbacks. Yeah, but and the flashback integration is amazing. It's really cool. It, it's done really well. The, the editing style of it, mm-hmm. which it feels like it's all actually like they really shot it that way. Yeah. It, but I don't think they did. I'm pretty sure they filmed it way after the first one, but there's some scenes. But it felt like they filmed yeah. it simultaneously. Right. And like I, we're and doing they one and two, yeah. and we're filming this And I know together. they didn't because they didn't even cast the adult versions until like four months, five months later. Which the casting, fantastic. Oh, it's so spot on. Yeah. Every character, their adult version is like, yes, that 
that's they, the gig. They connect to it. Yeah. They they clearly kind of watched the mannerisms and stuff of the kid versions before they went in there, and every single actor I think just kills it. Yeah. In this, they're all Crushed really good. Um, James McAvoy, obviously great. Um, and you still you do get that kind of Bill vibe from him, you know. Yeah. In this, he still feels very much like that same kid that led the group, mm-hmm. um, especially when he gets his stutter back. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, the one to talk about is Bill Hader. Bill Hader just amazing in this. Yeah, this is going to open up a lot more doors for him. Uh, I mean, yeah. he's kind of been uh, killing it separately off of Barry, HBO's Barry, which is yeah. a lot of drama mixed in with some comedic elements and mm-hmm. some action. But this just kind of like seals it that he can do he's kind of everything. Gears. Yeah, he's, he's got, got different levels he's that got he can some do. Gears, yeah. you know, beyond the SNL, you know, bits. Yeah, that, you know, we we've come to know and love, but you know, yeah. Yeah, he, he's definitely moved past just being a comedic actor. Yeah. It, it made me think, like, we were talking in the office, like, it's a lot harder for, I think, action stars and drama stars to go do comedy. But I think for comedic actors to go and do drama, it's, I don't want to say it's easier, but it is. It has that appearance. It has, it has yeah. the appearance of it being easier. Yeah. More, you know, they're more capable of making the shift over to drama as opposed to, and maybe that's because they bring sort of a, a levity to their drama, dramatic pieces. They're not always like this polar opposite of their comedic self. Right. You know, when Jim Carrey plays something in like The Majestic, he's he's still got humoristic moments. Mm-hmm. Truman yeah. Show, you know. Yeah. He's still being a little comedic, um, but then also throwing in that drama in there, and he does it so well. And Bill Hader is just the same. Like, he, yeah. he's so good in this, and... The little details in this movie and the cinematography is Dude, so cool. Dude, the funny moments. Yeah. The fun, I mean, I I caught myself on numerous occasions laughing out loud. Yeah. And they're almost and, all <laughs> visit, like, you know, verbal jokes. Right. There's, yeah. there's not, I don't remember a whole lot of like just physical comedy, mm-hmm. which just goes to kind of show like the, the power of... Bill Hader, and then also the actor that plays uh, older Eddie mm-hmm. is really good in this too. Like when them going back and forth with each yeah. other, and yeah, the the movie's great. And we we brought up you know how long it is before we get into the negatives of how long it is, which we will because there's a couple moments. One of the positives I think is that you're able to build time with the older counterpart yeah. actors yep. so that you don't feel ho- like kind of hollow when stuff happens. Cause you already had a whole movie with just the kids. You need to right. build up that connection again with those characters. But now they're, you know, 27 years older. Okay. Here, when, when you told me it was three hours long, I totally eye rolled and was like, uh, you got to be kidding me. Oh, yeah. You have, I was <laughs> Everything's like, Avengers Endgame now. Right. I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. I, that, I, that was my response. Right. I, after watching it, even though I went at 1130 at night and the film didn't start till midnight and I didn't get home till 3 a.m., <laughs> my fault. Yeah, that's your fault. I did not once think that it was too long no when i was watching it i felt like the pacing was solid i felt like man would i have would i have edited anything out of it no 
No, I don't think I would have taken anything completely out. I don't. I there's there's maybe one or two things I would have shortened. Mm-hmm. There's the scene in the, uh, the the Asian restaurant where all of the uh, the fortune cookies are cracking Spoiler. open. Sorry. You don't know what they're they're, they're know, just cracking we, open, but we should give spoiler. Okay, alerts. fine. Spoiler alert. Okay, here it comes. Any, well, before we hang on, before we get to that, <laughs> because people need to know, uh-huh. you hate horror movies. For the, you dislike going to horror you, movies. Let me in general. Yeah. Yes. What yes. would you would you sit there and, and recommend this movie to someone? Yeah, it's not a horror movie. Exactly. Okay. And I told you that. I know. All right. I'm going to tell you what movie I think it is exactly like. Okay. Which is also another Stephen King. Yeah. But. Um, And I wouldn't be surprised that he didn't write this simultaneously in the same. I'm going to Google that. I'm going to Google that while you're you're still talking. You know what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. All right. So should we give the spoiler warning? Go ahead and give the spoiler warning. I, I I would recommend this movie incredibly i think even when especially when you don't have to see the first one no you do not have to see the first one this is solid don't i roll the three hours it's it works it doesn't brisk. feel like it, yeah three hours and when you walk out no. you're like oh there was only one moment there was only one moment spoilers no it's not okay. a spoiler All right. um, there's only one moment somewhere in the middle where it dawns on me that oh man there's seven characters that they're doing some character development with and i'm like okay this is going to take a minute oh yeah do you know what i mean yeah and it's and it's right after it's right after the chinese restaurant right. scene where i kind of it hits me i'm like uh we're gonna be here a while it's gonna yeah, yeah. it's gonna take a minute but it and that thought kind of was predicated because i knew walking in it was three hours long so you were ex- you had this anticipation that it was going to be <laughs> A, a, yeah. sl- a, a slog to get through it was, yeah. yeah and so i think that's because of that so if i would have said hey, if somebody would have told me hey it doesn't feel like three hours it's it, it it the pacing is solid you you're you're gonna walk out going oh that was nice yeah um then I might not even have had that twinge, but I did have that twinge and I'm like, oh, you're going to go and do some character development on all seven right. characters here. That's going to take a minute. Yeah. It's the um, way they do it, though, is very, it keeps yeah. your interest. So let's throw up the yeah. spoiler alert. Right, so go ahead, get spoilers. Spoilery stuff. This is your favorite thing. Yep. Boop, 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 spoiler alert. There are spoilers ahead for It Chapter 2. If you have not seen It Chapter 2 and you want to avoid spoilers, please press pause on this podcast. Go see it at your nearest theater and then come back in three and a half hours exactly and press play and continue on. You have been forewarned. Boop, boop, boop. Really testing the pop filter out on that one. I was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it worked. It worked pretty well. <laughs> yeah, it was nice. So you think this movie could have possibly be written, been written the same year as, well, the movie version's called The Stand, or Stand By Me. Right, but the book is The Body. Right. Yes. Because um, it, it feels like, if I didn't know any better, it feels like Stand By Me. Right. And it is. 
It's there's a it's lot. Ni- of it. It's 2019's version of Stand By Me. Yeah, and I think that's it. Well, I mean, they're both Stephen King. Yeah. 82 was the body. Yes, and it's- 86 is it. Yeah. So he had already fleshed out the idea of you know kids and adults and going yeah. through a, a yeah. traumatic experience and. Yeah. Uh, with with uh, the body and it worked and yeah. so he found a formula yeah and how, and how would i bring in science fiction to that now and yeah um so this movie you mentioned not a horror movie no it's not i mean there's horror elements had, yeah it has horror elements because of chapter one yeah but but for the most part it's kind of this kind of weird um, I don't know. It almost feels like an adventure film, like like a kind of fantasy adventure. I, I had mentioned before we started recording that it felt like a nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. And it gets that kind of, it's not cheesy in a bad way, Yeah, but the, the monsters and stuff that Pennywise chooses to become or show or make them hallucinate are very over the top. Right. In a lot of ways, a lot right. of community, very Sam Raimi, like right. Evil yeah. Dead yeah. kind yeah. of, uh-huh. um, especially yeah. when Eddie is in the basement of the pharmacy and mm-hmm. then the leper th- like throws up black goo all over him. Yeah. And then he says something funny and then just like runs off, you know? Yeah. Like there's, there's a lot of that where it's kind of maybe tongue in cheek. Yeah. in a little bit you know yeah. so like the little pomeranian behind the not scary door that and then it was, turns into a big werewolf yeah, and, yeah. yeah. But it took a minute it did. and you're and right like you're like oh it's actually not gonna be scary yeah and then it becomes scary <laughs> and then it becomes very scary but but yeah <laughs> that was, yeah. and because when he told him to sit and he sat yeah and it was like hey, oh, oh he did it oh he's a good boy yeah. he's a good yeah. boy Rat. yeah yeah then, yeah <laughs> It's yeah. It, it, it's it does feel like this kind of coming of age adventure, exactly. Movie more than a horror. I movie. mean, and those were so the parallels to the body, aka Stand by Me, um, are are exactly that. You have a group of kids that are um, that are wrestling with, um, you know, maturity and maturing into understanding, you know, a, a deeper level of you know reality a deeper level of what life and death um and everything in between and it's kind of a coming of age of sorts um the camaraderie of those childhood friends um the resolving of pasts so you know there's this this resolve the this maturing process that they go through um, in, in resolutions that they find by going back and dealing with these things. And, um, it, it feels like to me, it feels like a very, um, updated version of stand by me with some weird things thrown into it. Yeah. So, (laughs) so for me, if I was, when I first saw stand by me, I was 13 years old. Oh, so yeah, it it, it's it about right. It reson it, oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it resonated with me what they what they were going through and just kind of that that you know you're wrestling with who you are mm-hmm. as a person yeah. you know as a kid and you're kind of navigating through that and trying to figure those things out and um you know and then you're faced with you know the finding a dead body and that you know it's like whoa you know it's like 
because when you're a kid, you don't think about death. You, you're you're going to live right, forever, sure. you yeah, know, and then right. now you're faced with the finality of, of or the fragility and the, um, the finiteness of life. And, uh, yeah, you got to grow up pretty fast. And so if I was, you know, if I was a preteen or teenager watching this movie, I would be feeling the same things. Yeah. A lot of similar elements. Yeah. Cause they're re- there. It's a, you know, they're wrestling with fear. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, what's a guy, what's the character's name? I forget where, you know, the, the, Stanley's head turns into the spider oh thing my gosh. and then he just froze which is just a, a straight homage to uh <laughs> um uh, uh John Carpenter's the thing right um yeah. straight up like yeah. when that happened I was like oh my gosh and also when it happened sorry this is like a side note when it happened I thought man we have come a long way with special effects technology yeah. because that the, the, thing looked real, but I guarantee it was probably like CGI completely. Well, the leg popping out of oh, the, the eyeball, eye. I oh. was like, it wasn't even the eyeball. It was out right of the corner out of the side of, the of his eye. eye. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Gross. Yeah. I was so like, good though, but it looks so, so good. Like we've reached a level where like when John Carpenter did the thing, he was doing stop motion right. and, and animatronics and stuff. But yeah. We've gotten now to the point. Finally, where uh, what's real hard, and what yeah, isn't real anymore. It would be hard anymore. to know what is real in that. Yeah. And yeah. that was that was one of the first, I like, I remember thinking that when I saw it. I was like, this, if they redid the thing now, it would, I mean, I know they tried to kind of redo it like eight years ago, but it okay, failed if that miserably. Was, okay. I, that comment makes me want to go back and watch it because the interaction of the actors yeah. with that thing. Right. Like, Hovering over his face, I mean, like yeah, because he's on like Bill Hader's face, and then Bill's trying or uh, whatever his name is. Yeah, Bill, 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 right? The character Bill, not Bill Hader, the actor. (laughs) Um, The character Bill, who's played by um, James McAvoy, is trying to pull pull it off and keep it from eating his face. And and it doesn't look like he's holding a green soccer ball. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't look like Thor grabbing Thanos's hand where (laughs) it's a miss. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Um, sorry, I had to squeak in. That's you know, fine. You know, we, it wouldn't be our right, podcast yeah. without some sort of a Marvel reference. Um, wow. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Then there's got to be a lot more of that too, because I was thinking, and I mean, I'm I'm sure a lot of it is real. Like you know, it is animatronics. It is prosthetics. It I is, would imagine because of how seamless yeah the act the actor's interaction with it was. It might be. I would. I. I would imagine. So yeah. I'm interested to see some behind the scenes now. Yeah, there hasn't been a whole lot released yeah. yet. I was really curious. I was trying to find out like how they filmed, um, since we're in spoilers. So how they filmed the last scene. You know when Pennywise is the giant spider clown, mm-hmm. because so much of it looked, it almost looked like miniature, like, like they filmed. Uh, I can't remember. Uh, Scarsgard is his last name. I can't think of his first name though. But he, it almost looked like they filmed him in like a prosthetic spider outfit, or you know, or whatever. However, they would have done it with a miniature version of that big set, and then composited the Losers Club into it because he did not look like blown up CG Scarsgard. Right. right, right. He looked like him in makeup 
but he's 30 feet tall now. Right. Like that blew me away. Like, I I think a lot of people are going to miss the tech, like the technological prowess of this movie. Yeah. There's some detail. There's some seriously well executed things in this that I feel like people are just going to brush over because they're so used to everything now, Mm -hmm. but it's like the way that they did it. Like it just stuck out to me in a, in a very good way in like Mm -hmm. a technical, I was like impressed kind of way. Right. Yeah. We've gotten to the point where like you mentioned Thanos, you know, like he looks like a pretty, pretty much realistic person, you know, Josh Brolin with, you know, some makeup on almost, even though he's entirely CGI. Right. Right. But now we're getting to the point where you're able to do, anything and i can't tell whether or not you shot that miniature or if it's 100 percent cgi if you told right. me it was 100 cgi i'd be like wow give that company like a a, a bonus because right. like it just right. it it stood out to me in such a positive way that i'm i'm excited in a lot of ways for like the next Andy Muschietti movie because I feel like he's kind of, I don't, you know, I don't want to call him a visionary director that that term's kind of thrown around, you know, right. Yeah. You know, Christopher Nolan's a visionary director, which he is, he, you know, he's an auteur yeah. and yeah. Yeah. Stanley Kubrick, definitely a visionary director, but right. you know, but, the, but it's play the, yeah, it's, it's overused. A little, it's played out. Yeah. It's played out. Yeah. yeah. That's still a term people say played yeah. out. Uh, but I, I'm excited to see kind of where Andy goes with other movies if he does sci-fi or horror or whatever because there's so many, so many good ideas in this that are executed in a unique and incredibly talented way that it makes me excited for like where this is going to go next. Right, yeah. And if they were smart... There is the Stephen King multiverse thing. Oh, if wow. I know, I know. Here we oh, are. Oh boy. Here we are. WB can't do a multiverse to save their lives, but here we are. <laughs> if they're smart though, they would bring Andy in to do to remake Dark Towers or remake another movie that you know the the stand or you know uh, there's a, there's a bunch of other ones that all technically kind of live in the same universe as yeah. the it book does yeah um like they, i think they even get into the dark tower like where that species or whatever that it is like where it comes from and stuff like that um i haven't read the dark tower so if i'm wrong please at me let me know i'm actually be curious to know but yeah i think He's got so many good ideas, and obviously this isn't all him. You know, there's production designers, and you know yeah. everybody, you know, his ear and producers and stuff. But I was blown away by the execution of mm-hmm. all the CGI because mm-hmm. it, especially if you go back and watch like the 1991-92 miniseries with Tim Curry when he turns into like the claymation spider, it looks terrible. <laughs> and so you're like, well, how are they going to do this? For one, incredibly smart to give him like. You know, one of, I mean, just like one of the details is like him having his clown cuffs on the spider legs and his head still being the Pennywise head. Yeah. Like a lot of details, small details that really just kind of bring the whole thing together. And you still associate because the whole thing with, you know, the original book and then, and then the, the nineties miniseries was like, you, there's kind of a disconnect because you've been used to Pennywise the whole time. And then he turns into a spider and he doesn't, you don't really feel that gratification of them like defeating the same villain right that they've always been fighting you know for 27 years or whatever and i I thought it was really smart to keep the look um and and just go with that route and there's a lot of little details that i think really work well and the only thing i would have cut would been the 
the Asian restaurant scene where all the fortune cookies are opening up and turning into weird little monsters. And I would have just trimmed that in half probably. Yeah, it was a long, but it um, was entertaining when he's, yeah. when, when haters smashing the chair on the, on the, Oh no, uh, it's, uh, uh, is it McAvoy? No, it's, it? uh, his, his last name is Mustafa, but I, I uh, as Isaiah, I think Mustafa, oh. um, yeah, he plays, um, Mike in this. It was Mike that was smashing the chair? Yeah, so it's chair? Mike that's smashing the chair on the table. It, it was it was 1 a.m. You don't remember anything. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> but it's your own fault. It is my own fault. But yeah, Mike's slamming the chair. I thought it was... No, thought, it's Mike because oh, okay. uh, Bill Hader's just like kind of in the corner. Which was Everybody else's too. His character's Rick? Mike. His name is Mike. 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 The character's name. The character's is name Mike. is Mike. The actor's name is uh, no, Isaiah. No, Bill Hader's character is named Rick. Richie. Richie. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get there. I thought for sure it was him. Are you mm. 100%? Are you sure? 100%. Because then the waitress comes in and she goes, Everything okay? And yeah, and then Mike's you, standing there with the chair. And there's nothing. And there's, yeah, there's yeah, nothing in yeah. it all. And all in their heads. And the visual and the visuals in this are great. Uh, just like I keep saying, like just a lot of really good ideas that were just executed mm-hmm. amazingly, I think. Yeah. So um, the only other thing I would have cut a little bit shorter. Um, right before Eddie gets impaled by the the, the spike tentacle or whatever, um, yeah. I would have cut his little moment there where he's kind of amping up, you know, Bill Hader's Richie. Uh, I would have cut it maybe in half. That way, it, him getting killed like comes out of nowhere. But they, I felt like they laid on it a little too long. Oh yeah. So you get okay. that movie trope where you know somebody's like when <laughs> when uh, Samuel Jackson is giving the speech in pardon my French deep blue sea and then the shark jumps up and eats him the way that that is shot the way that it's you know held it's up, you know it's yeah. coming yeah and so it makes it there's less weight to it there's less yeah. uh, you know jitter yeah. to it so if they would have had him just immediately run around and be like look man I did it you know I told you I, and then like just out of nowhere yeah. gets it yeah. I think that would have been more effective um, yeah. but overall three hour movie doesn't feel like a three doesn't hour movie like and it hours. felt really good. I mean, yeah. we saw it at eight forty, and we didn't get out till you know, almost midnight and I didn't feel like it was midnight by the time we got out. Yeah. So yeah, I did look down at the clock and it was two fifty four, and I was like, Oh, tomorrow morning is going to suck to <laughs> <laughs> record a podcast in three hours. Yeah. Oh man. Anyways, I think. I think it's a good ending. It's out there. It's weird. It's very different than the first one. It is. And I think it's um, going to be super interesting to see kind of like a super cut of the both together. It's it's stand by me with Pennywise is the body. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, that for me, that's kind of, you know, that's kind of where it resonated in, in it took, it, it took a different, I, you know, it's funny. I was, th- there's the scene where, I forget what the girl's name is, where she goes to the old apartment and the old woman's in there. Beverly, yeah, right. And so, um, you know, and she's sitting there, and then I've seen that clip before. Yeah, it was the first teaser of the movie. And so I was like, oh, I, I, I recognize this clip. And then the woman has that that. You never really die in in. <laughs> yeah, nobody ever whatever. really yeah goes away forever and in then, dairy, and then it's just stares. Yeah, yeah, and and you're like something's not right. 
you know, I mean, you kind of get that. Yeah. Something's not right as you see the shot of her down the hall kind of looking and then glitches out, va- vanishes <laughs> yeah, back right. into the kitchen. And, yeah. and then her running across naked. Yeah. Bit, and you're like, Ugh. which that's a funny, funny thing, too, is there's depending on what movie you went to go see. If you saw like a John Wick or something, if you saw a rated R movie, it was that clip that is in the final version. But if you went and saw something that was like PG-13 or you viewed the trailer online, they CG'd like old lady underwear on her. Oh, really? Yeah, so she's not naked in the trailers. Oh, wow. Except for that first time you, that we ever saw. That, it was probably, I can't remember what movie it would have been. But yeah, it was it was something, maybe Halloween last year. Oh, yeah, okay. It must have been a yeah. trailer in front of one of the other. Yeah. yeah. But I remember that scene and, and I'm just like, it was just like oh, yeah. even if, even if she, the old woman didn't turn into whatever that you know kind of that distorted f- freaky whatever she turned into yeah even if she didn't do that just the back and forth down the hall was creepy it was creepier yeah than the attack right like the attack like oh you're attacking me okay you know whatever but <laughs> the, the whole the it was it, it's the not really knowing sure that, yeah like that, what what's off like, here yeah 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 the uh, the unsettling imagery i think is is what works best in these kind of movies that's kind of the stuff that i'm i'm really I mean, into so yeah. well i would definitely recommend it go see it chapter two finish it off um there's a, no pun intended eh, there's a there's quite a bit of differences between this and the book um i think for the most part uh good good changes that were made um for instance, Mike isn't actually in the final battle in the book. He's in the hospital um, because he got really messed up from the bully, the Bowers bully in the in the library scene. Uh, in this, he kind of just gets stabbed in the arm, and then they they bandage him up and they go. And um, yeah, there's a lot of other little things kind of like that. I, I appreciated them keeping the Mike character throughout the whole thing. He was kind of the catalyst that yeah. kept everybody together, so it made more yeah. sense thematically to keep him there. Um, especially, you know, with the reveal that, oh, this, the ceremony doesn't actually work. Um, yeah. Right. Shocker. Mm-hmm. Um, and it could have, it could have, but they all would have died, I guess is the, the thing is cause in the little flashback animation that they show, it shows them all getting killed as it's, but I guess it didn't really ever work. So yeah, I think it could have worked. Yeah. And then the, the the other main difference is just that the, um, the way that Eddie dies is a little different in the book. Um, he still dies, though. Um, Stanley dies the exact same way. Um, the difference there is that the letters, there's no letters in the book that yeah. they get, which I thought was a really good touch that kind of draws drives home the friendship theme right, of yeah. the whole yeah. two movies. Yeah, and the narration. Yeah, you know, it's the, good. The narration, which kind of you know, kind of puts a bow on the whole thing. Yeah. It yeah. felt very climactic, uh, in a, in a good way in, um, and then obviously the biggest omission from the book, if you're familiar with it is there is no turtle, uh, turtle world. So in the book, it gets real weird. Well, there was a, there was a, there's, there's a, a turtle nod. on the desk. Yeah. yeah right. There's a nod to the turtle yeah. in the library. So the yeah. first movie has a nod to the turtle when they're in the lake in the quarry. And, uh, the turtle touches their leg or whatever. And then they, they say, Oh, it's a turtle. And then this one, yeah, there's the turtle on the desk. Um, but in the book, there's this whole moment where bill gets sucked into like this 
oblivion universe realm thing and actually has like a conversation with a turtle uh that is as old if not older than it it the monster it uh and there there's a world on the back of the turtle shell and it's this whole weird thing and i understand why they didn't do it yeah uh a part of me though is a little disappointed because i i want to see we have like the technology now to kind of make that cool looking or interesting. I kind of wanted yeah. to see what that would look like visually. Yeah. yeah. Um, I get why they didn't do it. It would be so, it would, this movie's already so different than the first one. And it's already three hours. And it's long. already three hours long. So yeah, yeah it, I, it would have been cool to see. Cause I, I'm just curious what that would look like, right. um, you know, on film and still haven't gotten it yet. Uh, but it's weird, and I, I totally understand why they, they pulled it. It makes it makes total sense from a storytelling standpoint when you only have five hours to tell. It's an 1,100-page book. Like, right, yeah. you know, it, it makes sense. So those are the biggest differences that I can remember um, uh, besides, you know, uh, Beverly's husband and then Bill's husband – or Bill's – sorry, Bill's wife uh, don't end up in dairy in the movie. They do in the book. Bill's uh, – Bill's wife gets kidnapped by Beverly's husband in the book and all this stuff, but really good omissions, I think, for the most part. Um, but yeah, overall, I, I had a really good experience with it, and I'm excited for the home release to see, see what it's all like together. Okay. All right. You want to go to sleep? Yeah. I'm yeah. Take a nap. Okay. <laughs> that about does it, guys. Or go get some coffee. Yeah, go get some coffee. You got yeah. a rest of your day to go. I do. I have yeah. the rest of the day to to, to get work. after. Yep. Yep. Well, uh, definitely go and see it, guys. Um, chapter two worth it i think it's a lot of a lot of visual interest and uh yeah i think i mean it's a it's a good story about you know just the human nature of kind of you know the imagination of of being a kid yeah and then growing out of that imagination and then coming back and resolving you know what was real what wasn't real and you know in in wrestling with um, identity and that type of thing. I yeah. mean, it was good. It was yeah, good. there's a lot of little, a lot of layers, a lot of identity layers in that for yeah. sure. Yeah, especially yeah. with Richie's character and, um, yeah, I, I, it's awesome. I think I think that I think we said about enough that yeah. we can say for it. So go check yeah. it out. And um, that about does it for this week. Yeah, I'm gonna close this out. Well, that pretty much wraps it up for this episode. Thank you so much for listening with your host, Zach and and Eric. And if you need to add us for any reason, um, complaints, comments, compliments, or concerns, you can send those directly to Zach at the Easy Podcast Show at gmail.com. You can find him at Zach Abbott's on Instagram and Twitter. You can find the show at the Easy Podcast on Twitter, right? And Instagram. And Instagram. Yeah. We're on yeah. we're on both platforms. That's great. Yep. I just forget if it says show sometimes or not. Uh, no, this the email. It's only on the email. Yeah. yeah. And you can find me at Eric Thurston on Twitter or IG or YouTube. LinkedIn. LinkedIn. This <laughs> wow. Yes, MySpace. And if you dig real deep, you can even find me on TikTok. Oh, no. <laughs> no, not TikTok. Yeah. I, oh. I cringe. My do my daughter found it, and she was like, what is this? Oh, no. <laughs> I was dressed up as Elf last Christmas. You put I, that on your TikTok? And I did. I put So I did a couple of Elf quotes oh, and, no. in the outfit and put them up. So. <laughs> 
That's funny. If it is funny, that's really I funny. Go find funny. Eric on TikTok, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, tweet it. Tweet us a link or something to this TikTok. Yeah. So, guys, until next time. Thanks for listening. We'll see you. Bye.